Disney. Not only the happiest place on earth, or so the branding goes, it's also one of the most respected and image-conscious companies in the world. Self-confession, we've gone to Disneyland twice as a family, and both times I've come back to work thinking, I've got to start doing things differently for my clients, more, more like Disney. In March of 2022, the Walt Disney Company suddenly faced a crisis of its own making. Groups of employees were outraged when CEO Bob Chappick didn't publicly condemn a piece of Florida state legislation called the Parental Rights in Education Bill, or what opponents called the Don't Say Gay Bill. In his first statement, Chappick said Disney's real influence was through the inspiring content we produce. That's a familiar tactic. Hey, we just produce widgets. That's our focus. Well, that sparked the anger. LGBTQ employees were furious and let them know. Chappick eventually apologized, saying, You needed me to be a stronger ally in the fight for equal rights, and I let you down. I'm sorry. Disney denounced the bill and decided to freeze all political donations in the state. Surveys are showing more than two-thirds of consumers say they want companies to become more involved in social and political issues. Stop sitting on the fence. But is that what they really want? Or do people want companies to choose their side? Today on Stories and Strategies, we talk with one global company that's heard the message and has decided it's time to speak up and not just wish upon a star. My name is Doug Downs, music off the top, When You Wish Upon a Star, composed by Lee Harline and Ned Washington, performed by the Neverland Orchestra. My guest this week is Jay Webster, the Cision Chief Product and Technology Officer and Cision Comms Cloud President. Hello, Jay. Hello, Doug. Thanks for having me. Joining us today from New York, right? <laughs> no, Cincinnati, Ohio. Ah, how are things in You were close, though. You were close. Not really, uh, <laughs> Things are things have cooled off. Uh, I spent three weeks in California and returned to uh, 27 degrees last night. So, just uh, readjusting the internal thermostat. But the Bengals won on the weekend, so they did. The world's in order here for this week. <laughs> Jay, you like innovation. You have more than 25 years experience in Martech, ad tech, and performance marketing. At Cision, you lead the execution of an innovation product roadmap, ensuring Cision delivers for its customers with confidence. And part of your interest in innovation also has to do with digital development. And that's something we're going to get to shortly. Uh, Jay, many is the day that I've spent the first part of my morning reading reports from Cision in some way, shape or form. I even had a joke that my decisions are made kind of in the morning from reading the the media clip, so it is, it's, a, it's a pleasure to connect with you. Um, this whole idea, the willingness to, to take a position, to speak out, can you walk me through what exactly that means for communications and public relations professionals right now, including Cision, and what the benefits are? Yeah, well, I'll do my best to describe that very complicated landscape. Uh, well, I think that, uh, you know, e every year, 
it would seem that this job gets more complicated, meaning the communications professional, right? It's been said more than once uh, since I've only I've only been at Cision for nearly uh, two years now, uh, and it's been said more than once that uh, communications is at the zenith of the profession, that there is no better time to be a comms professional than there is now. But I think it's important to ask the question is, why is that? Uh, the um, The frequency and volume of communication uh, is uh, at unprecedented highs, I believe, because we've put the tools uh, to broadcast, basically, uh, into the hands of every citizen of this planet. And so, you know, it used to be that um, communications channels were controlled by uh, more authoritative entities. Uh, you know, the professional journalism was the stalwart of, uh, of truth, uh, and factual information. And that has really just all gone out the window now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and you know, we it's not enough that we put, you know, publishing tools in the hands of the citizenry, uh, like we did with the World Wide Web. Uh, we combined it with uh, social graph data structure and algorithms uh, that make it very easy to uh, proliferate uh, your message as, as a self-styled influencer. And so, for the comms professional, I think it, it means a few things. <laughs> that uh, being data savvy is no longer an option uh, because, of the again, the frequency and volume, uh, just the decision-making process in what to pay attention to, uh, what story is important, what message is important, what, uh, what social justice movement is important uh, to my brand or my client. Um, just being able to sift through that uh, every day and make decisions in an, in and of itself is monumental challenge. And then I think that uh, the decision whether or not to engage, uh, how to advise the C-suite. I'm sure you've seen uh, the uh, the data that over the past few years that you know the C-suite is much much less willing to freelance it when it comes to making public statements uh, because we've all seen. Uh, how quickly you can get into trouble, uh, you know, should you uh, say something untoward. And so so the pressure is now on to be more strategic. The pressure is now on to uh, be um, much more reliable advisory uh, to the C-suite in communications with the public. And, um, and then I think that, uh, you know, the ability to do that in a very cross-functional environment is super important now, right? So I, I've spent 25 years in paid media. And uh, after two years in earned media, uh, I can tell you that this, the earned media, is not only the much, much more complex environment, it's the much more, it's, it's the one with the most value, right? So, so the prize for being good at this is real staying power for your brand to develop uh, an actual, uh, you know, a, per, a personality, um, uh, something that... Uh, your customer, your client feels like they can actually connect with. Uh, to me, that's the real prize in a really effective communication strategy. And that's really what's at stake now, right? See, I got you. But some of these topics, being open and transparent and taking a position on a social issue, some of these topics are, they're harsh. Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. uh, gun control, vaccines, climate yeah. change. Um what about companies who have delivered a position on these topics and others? What does it say about them for that transparency? I guess I'm asking, what's the win? Yeah, that's a great question. 
because participation is at yet as yet pretty uneven, uh, and the the data is actually kind of um, contradictory uh, in in some instances in this moment. I think companies willing uh, to make it to take a a very um, uh, you know kind of unnuanced public stance. Uh, if you just take Roe v. Wade, it's kind of the most incendiary thing we've had recently. You know, uh, so companies like J.P. Morgan, uh, who came out and just made a very plain statement that they intend to support all of their employees, they cover all of their expenses, that they end up impacted by this decision, uh, that, uh, you know, that their mission is uh, equal access to health care. Uh, I, I think that uh, companies that delivered that message plainly, uh, I think that they they uh, derive value from that. I think that they derived uh, uh, the good feelings of the people who work there. I feel like the, that uh, was probably an excellent move for uh, morale. And then I think that external reaction to that probably falls right along uh, political lines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so you probably didn't, uh, you, you may have made a few friends, probably made a few uh, enemies. Um, but it's really interesting in the, the breakdown of the data that the, the folks who support um, companies taking a stand for an important social issue like Roe v. Wade are also kind of two or three times more likely to actually make a buying decision based on a company's willingness to do that. Whereas people who are opposed to companies make, taking a position ever uh, in this arena are much less likely to make a buying decision based on whether or not they do. I thought that was just a kind of a fascinating step. And there's a study that came out, I sent this to you in advance of the interview, uh, uh, from Peppercorn and Reagan Communications, right. indicating 18% of brands are very likely to speak out on social issues. 18%. Mm-hmm. That's less than one in five. Yes. And that same study says they might be missing an opportunity here for mm-hmm. me. Can you expand? You, you, you well, talk I think, to it. Yeah. There. I think that the... I think that the surface interpretation of that is I think the same study said more than 50 approximately 50% of consumers say that they want companies to take a stand. So that would indicate that there's another 32% of companies who are missing an opportunity to connect with a willing public. I would ask, do I really mean that? Or do I mean I want a company to take a stand Mm -hmm. if it agrees with me? Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I'll say something and yeah. I do. I, so uh, it's, uh, uh, I think that the, that this is a trend that's really going to emerge for, for the next generation. So Gen Z, right. Um, we've spent so many years talking about millennial that, uh, I think some people don't realize that millennial are now the mass market. They're right? 40 some 20, odd years old. <laughs> 26, 26 to 41, right. They're just yeah. like, they're what we were when we started talking about them. Right. But now, uh, Gen Z 10 to 25, uh, I believe is where Gen Z is right now. Um, all of the survey data uh, would indicate that Gen Z is very interested in transparency, not uh, transparency over perfection. Meaning that uh, they're not looking just for what what do you believe in? If you believe with me, we want to know either way, so that we so that we can make a, a decision. Do I want to support your company? Uh, do I want to support your company? Uh, why does your product matter? Why does your product exi- product exist? Right, which is kind of what I was getting at the, in your first question. How important 
comms is relative to paid advertising. Paid advertising, uh, you know, we're going to hammer you with frequency and one-to-one targeting, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas the effective use of comms and earned media, I think the companies that are willing, those 18% that are stepping out there now, they're thinking about the future. Because look at what happened in, um, in BLM, right? So when Black Lives Matter happened, everybody ran to get on that on on that message bandwagon if you will right mm-hmm. but there were a lot of companies that suffered from that by not really examining how they should do that right so you've got a bunch of companies so it's like interesting uh you know you've supported politicians who are directly opposed to this in the past because there is an army of gen z folks out there with a keyboard that will immediately test the veracity of your claims if you support something like Black Lives Matter. Whereas then you have like Ben and Jerry's on the other side who, you know, their whole, their entire company has been about social justice since its founding. So that, so when they come out and make the statement, it's not questioned as inauthentic, it's authentic. And so I think that companies now who are thinking about the future, they're trying to build that authentic narrative, a corporate voice like right now. And it's really not, but the the impact isn't always about right now. I think that those willing to take the chance who are in those 18% are going to benefit from that in the long run. Investment for the future. Absolutely. A 2019 report by the BBC found consumers are more engaged during the branded parts of a podcast than they are during the rest of the content a 12% higher memory encoding. That same study found podcasts increase awareness of your brand by 89%, favorability of your brand by 24%, and purchase intent, whatever that means for you, by 14%. Maybe a podcast is right for you and your brand. Send me an email personally and let's just talk about it. Doug, at storiesandstrategies.ca. Let's talk podcasts. Cision, part of your business is helping people get the word out. I I would go to Cision for a news release, let's say. Mm -hmm. Well, what if my news release doesn't quite fit with Cision's social perspective on something? Can I still be your client? Yeah, that never happens. Uh, no. <laughs> so, uh, well, so the short answer is yes, uh, of course you can. Um, now, that there are, uh, this, this is a, this is a, a multi-part answer. Um, so there, there um, are limits to that. So when uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, the same week we discontinued business with all Russian entities, to make sure that we were not supporting the spread of, uh, of any information, misinformation regarding that conflict. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, we make a, t- a set of very powerful tools and like anything else designed uh, for good, it could potentially be used for evil. And that's where I think that all companies uh, in that business, whether it be uh, software or pharmaceuticals, uh, it's the, you, that is a, that is an ongoing, um, exercise that requires some level of village, uh, vigilance. And in our case, 
one that does not infringe on uh, First Amendment rights, uh, but at the same time, it's not totally unchecked, right? And so in some cases, like with um, uh, with the, uh, the uh, Russian invasion, it's pretty easy to figure that one out. But in other cases, it, it's very uh, nuanced, you know? So we have... We have many um, clients in the political arena, uh, and and just judging from the macro data, uh, it's safe to assume that half of Cision and half of the country doesn't agree with whatever that uh, uh, politician has to say and is using our platform to uh, message, uh, and the other half do. And so in the, in that instance, yeah, I mean, you know, we we will we definitely provide tools to companies um, who we are not completely in line with. Uh, you know, in terms of their their policy or their message, um, and uh, and as you would imagine, uh, d- pretty challenging to police that on a daily basis, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. W- what about employees? I mean, you have just under five thousand employees at Cision. Mm-hmm. They're not all going to agree. For some, it's blue, and for some, it's red. Uh, yes. How do you how do you look after the house, so to speak, by taking a step? Yeah. So. Uh, so I'm part of a fairly new management team that came to Cision in the beginning of 21. And, um, you know, my uh, my management philosophy is one of um, complete transparency. And so uh, when our employees uh, do not agree that we have, that if we've got an account that they don't like, we definitely hear about it and uh, absolutely engage in the conversation uh, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's it's just that it's a conversation as to why and how things uh, occur. Now, if one of our employees were to uncover something untoward or nefarious, we would take that very seriously. And if it warranted action, you know, we would take it. But we do provide a forum to provide feedback anonymously. Or so I, I have a I have a forum that's just up that anybody can put anything into 100 percent anonymous and it just comes to me. Uh We've had uh, we've had uh, other issues um, where uh, you know internally we didn't uh, see we didn't see something coming. So um, I'll just I'll just I'll be very transparent with you, Doug, and share that uh, uh, last year we were going to participate in an esports league uh, that um, and the the game was Overwatch, and uh, you probably followed some of the uh, scandal at Blizzard. Uh, sure. Entertainment with a institutionalized, uh, you know, sexual harassment and discrimination. I had read something about that issue, uh, but just briefly and had forgotten about it. And when we announced that we were going to do this great thing, I heard about it and we backed out at the tournament. Uh, so, so, uh, and then, you know, since then it's been acquired by Microsoft and uh, they've regained their good standing. But um, so the, there's forum. Uh, for employees to communicate. And uh, like I said, if there's anything that's ever like actually uh, untoward, we would definitely take that very seriously. And the process is iterative. I get it. Uh Um, Last question, a key aspect of your role at Cision and uh, uh, at Cision itself and for Cision's clients is digital innovation. You recently acquired startup Thakmata, a news media monitoring and analytics product that uses AI to identify and track narratives online. So it could theoretically be looking at this podcast and extracting a narrative. It could. Um, Can you tell me what that means for brands? Increasingly, 
I am attracted to more and more AI and I get the dangers. We've done a whole episode on some of the potential dangers of AI, but it it is increasingly an exceptionally useful tool for marketing and comms. Right. And and let me be the first to say that I don't believe that AI solves everything. Uh, Right. I'm actually a big fan of the book, uh, Weapons of Math's Destruction. (laughs) So uh, algorithms can be biased. Uh, In any case, FactMata is a really interesting uh, piece of technology. Uh, so originally, FactMata was founded uh, to uh, help to sort out the uh, the fake news issue, right? So it, uh, Mark Cuban was their seed investor, and um, and really that was their mission to root out and expose uh, fake news. Supposed to become like an unbiased uh, fact checker that could work at scale. Now that that's a very hard model to commercialize uh, as a standalone um, for lots of reasons. And so um, when the company uh, brought in uh, the uh, new a new leader, a uh, gentleman by name of Anthony Cousins, who's actually joining us at Cision, who's a lifelong communications professional, uh, he was able to uh, see a really interesting application for the PR Comms Pro. And that application is that, you know, as we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, the volume of information that you have to deal with every day and the channels through which that information flows and the influencer, if you will, from whom it flows. Uh, And so most tools now, uh, you have to kind of dive into a channel uh, to do your discovery, right? So if you want to attract sentiment, generally you would do that what's the sentiment in Twitter? What can I discover in Twitter? Then I would do the same thing in Reddit. And then maybe I'd do the same thing in LexisNexis, et cetera, et cetera. That requires you, uh, you know, to, to write queries, to kind of know what you're looking for. When really uh, comms professional and office uh, operating at scale, just want to know what are the key messages that are emerging about my brand? What should I pay attention to, Right. And so what FactMata enables us to do is to surface, elucidate those messages, regardless of the channel in which they're being proliferated. From there, then we can determine who is the influencer responsible for spreading whatever this message is, good or bad, right? Could be a journalist, could be a freelancer, could be a podcaster, uh, you know, could just be somebody with a, a massive following on Twitter. And then we can uh, determine the, what is the body of work, what is the stance of this individual influencer? Like, do do they have an agenda? And from that, able to sort through all of this and present to you, the college professional, here are the things you need to pay attention to, right? And um, and the the studies that we did with Vacmata during um, during the diligence process were actually pretty fascinating. Uh, you know, so, um, uh, we, uh, one of, one of the best one was actually on uh, Twitter and this is pre, pre, uh, Elon's acquisition of Twitter. Uh, we determined that overwhelmingly there was support for his acquisition of Twitter. Interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that you wouldn't necessarily believe that, uh, if you were just uh, reading what's out there. But the interesting part is at the same time. Absolutely no love for the man, <laughs> Elon Musk. And so, yes, he wanted to buy it. It was, you know, 
positive and then, you know, <laughs> no, uh, not a lot of love for Elon, the person. I could see a lot of stakeholder engagement uses for a tool like what Factmata is offering as well. I've done surveys yeah. where I'll get 2,000, 3,000 written pieces of feedback, and I'm still pouring through those as a human, mm -hmm. trying to do exactly what Factmata is designed to do and create the narratives right. and, th and the themes that I'm hearing. And it's hard because humans mm -hmm. get tired and humans get cranky. <laughs> And humans get very, very jaded after a while. So Right. And so we will have to be uh, just as vigilant in the development maintenance of the, of the algorithms that drive FactMata so that we don't end up in an overfit, biased uh, situation that is just automatic, right? It's no better than a human. But um, you really can see the direct application of the fake news detection, if you will, and this, and this particular... Uh, use of the technology because uh, you know you really need to know like what am I what am I looking at here like is this is did is this ProPublica they did an investigative piece and they really found something or is this just a a group from from next door that made up a conspiracy theory and it got traction mm. like being able to know that I think uh, when you're when you're in the C-suite is super important uh, these days and that's that's kind of what we're uh, going to endeavor to do. Jay, thank you for your time today. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's great to meet you. Great to meet you too. Hope things uh, continue to go well in Cincinnati. <laughs> thank you. If you'd like to send a message to my guest, Jay Webster and Cision itself, you can follow Cision on Twitter. It's at Cision Global. Stories and Strategies is a co-production of JGR Communications and Stories and Strategies podcasts. We're hoping that you might leave a rating for this podcast on either Apple or Spotify. But more than anything else, if you like this episode, do us a favor. Tell just one friend. Thanks for listening. <laughs>